0: You were one of the first people within our circle of friends to, uh, for lack of a better term, go viral Mm. within the Instagram world. Mm -hmm. I remember one day out of nowhere, Instagram reposted one of your videos and you shot up to like 100,000 followers like overnight. Mm, That was fun. Do you remember what that video was? Yeah, it was true. What's up, guys? Today's guest is a professional movement artist who is currently living in Las Vegas performing. Please welcome to the Jamcast, Mr. Scott McDonald. What's up, dog?
1: Hey, buddy. Good Long to, time see to see you, you, man. I know. This is yeah. surreal. I haven't seen you in what, three, four years? Maybe? Mm. Probably about that. Like, I think so. I've been through LA a couple of times in the last four years, but well, I haven't been, been there for any meaningful amount of time. So, what's yeah. crazy is before that, though, I used to see like every single day when we were training, <laughs> open <laughs> gym followed by open gym twice a day, and then possibly some more open gym <laughs> after <laughs> open gym.
0: Yeah. You were a staple of jam for a long time. It's yeah. crazy man.
1: So, how long have you officially been in Vegas for? Is that how long I haven't seen you? Yeah, since 2016. That wow. was when I got into Cirque. So I've pretty much moved everything. Because be- before that, for, like, maybe five years or so, I was kind of splitting my time, L.A. and Vegas, Making doing Nicola gigs drives. and stuff and driving forever and ever. Damn. But once I got the jobs here, I was just like, well, it's cheaper. Everything's <laughs> closer together. It's true. I like it, so. That's
0: wild, man. Yeah. So how did you actually get uh, introduced to Circa? How did that journey begin? Like, did you actually mm-hmm. physically apply and do the, the mm-hmm. full-day castings that they do?
1: Um, Sort of. Okay. Yeah. So I... I started as a tricker back in the heady days of 2000 when you were badass if you could do an aerial. T-Gator. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, 540 aerial flash kick. Yes. But um, my skill level in tricking just totally plateaued like 2004, 2005-ish, and I wasn't exactly the top of the line tricker for maybe, that time anyway. Maybe
0: for normal moves, but for obscure moves, you're still obscure. and
1: No, guys. even then I sucked at obscure moves. <laughs> yeah. No, I was just bad in general. Um. <laughs> And then eventually I realized, okay, this doesn't seem to really be progressing at the rate that I was hoping it would. And I had no aspirations of doing it professionally or anything. I just enjoyed doing it. But I saw all the Europeans start to do all the swing throughs and things like that. And I was like, uh, shit. Cut it tight. Yeah. (laughs) So, um... I kind of just stalled there for a bit and then eventually I realized there was this whole other world of acrobatic stuff I could do that wasn't just strictly martial arts tricking and also because at that time it was more martial arts oriented and yeah, once it started going in the realm of gainer switches and corks, I just fell by the wayside and kind of tried to cling to the back of the bus as it (laughs) drove away and just let go eventually But um, I realized there was all this other stuff I could do, so I started just trying everything. Okay. Probably, like, 2009-ish, I would say.
0: So, that's when the skills started to accumulate. Yeah. Because I've always known you as, like, a Swiss army knife. Like, you have all these random skills. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I just sort of... I always like to learn something. Okay. That's basically what drives me, is always improving at something. Okay. So... I don't really care what I'm learning as long as I'm learning. Dope. And, um, yeah, basically to constantly feed the little junkie inside my mind with dopamine, And I was like, all right, I need to learn new stuff all the time. I need to keep progressing and keep doing new things. And eventually it became a matter of, like, okay, I realized the more stuff I could do, the more different gigs, shows, of course, things I could get paid for as well. And even if that was never – the intention learning any of this, eventually you're like, wait a minute, if I have a sear wheel and I can do like three weeks worth of sear wheel and people will pay me a thousand dollars, which is the cost of a sear wheel totally, to go out and do like three minutes of bullshit. Yeah. Uh, I mean three minutes of highly <laughs> difficult it's all good acrobatics <laughs> that I put my blood, sweat and tears uh, into. Um, you didn't watch uh
0: Dustin Shepard's episode. There
1: was bombs uh, every two seconds. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> you're good. Yeah. Good. Uh, um, But yeah, so I just realized, okay, like I can be more diverse than everyone else. Maybe not everyone else, but a very large section of the acrobatic population. Totally. And as long as I can keep all my skills at a reasonable enough level, cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's kind of interesting. You're like literally a lot of people, like we joke about it on Mm lacasting.com. People check every box Mm because they just want to get jobs, (laughs) but you legitimately can check a bunch of boxes. Like, yeah. I know, and and add to the list, but I'm just going to name off the skills I know of. Right. Tumbling, trampoline, mm-hmm. tricking, mm-hmm. Um, sear wheel, yep. uh, nunchucks, yeah, right? Nunchucks is a nunchucks random one. Uh, music also, yep. correct? Music production. Yep. Um, what are some other
1: acrobatic ones I'm missing? Is there anything? Uh, well, by proxy of nunchucks, poi. Oh, um, fire or regular? Either way. Oh, same shit. Okay. All right. um, tramp wall, Chinese pole. I forgot about those. Ye, a little bit of partnering. Some fake free running. <laughs> let's, let's be real. Uh, <laughs> let's be real. We're all fake free running at this yeah, age. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> all of us are. Just leave it to the G-Tramp G- kids. Um And good. probably some other stuff. I don't know.
0: Okay, so how did Cert come about then? Did you have to like... So I, I know about this process because I'm actually a consultant for Cirque du So mm-hmm. I get to help uh, go to headquarters sometimes and help review casting tapes. But there's like two processes. Either A, we scout people when we're in need of a very specific s- skill. Mm-hmm. So like we need wushu guys they can also trick it's like okay there's gonna be like five dudes maybe um but then they also exactly yeah and then then they have these big cattle calls for lack Mm -hmm. of a better term where they're in major cities where Mm -hmm. they have people come through round by round and it's almost like a full day workout yeah did you have to go
1: through either of those like the full day Mm -hmm. workout or did you just audition locally in Vegas (laughs) Fortunately, I was super, super awesome at doing acrobatics when I first started auditioning for Cirque. So I got cut in the first round of literally every audition I ever attended. No way. Uh Uh-huh. For three and a half years, I was trying to get in. And first round, every time they were just like, oh, go fuck yourself. (laughs) And I was like, cool. I'll just keep working on that. And um, I was primarily working on Tramp Wall as okay. my main discipline to get into Cirque because it just seemed to be popular and it was fun. Okay. So, like, MJ1 has Tramp Wall. Yes. Love has sort of Tramp Wall. Ovo, one of the touring shows, has Tramp Wall. Volta has Tramp Wall. Yes. All of the – any Cirque show that involves a trampoline, they're going to be like, but you need to do Wall, too. Yeah. So, um that kind of became my focus. And also, tramp wall gigs pay really well for very little work once you're at a certain level. Oh. So, my first ever audition for any form of acrobatic show was for Cirque de la Mer at SeaWorld, yes. who also told me to go fuck myself. But um, <laughs> that's where yeah. my business
0: partner, Aaron Tony, got his start. Cirque that's true. Yeah, yeah, Aaron yeah, was there. Totally.
1: Like, back in, what, like, oh. 20 years ago at this forever? point? Yeah, probably 15, yeah. 20 years. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so. I learned a valuable lesson at that audition, which was maybe my own personal brand of blunt, emotionless, apathetic honesty is not the uh, the way into companies. Uh-huh. So yeah, I made yeah, my yeah. way through this whole audition. Oh, it was yeah. very easy. And then in this sort of exit interview, they were like, okay, so what makes you want to come work here? And <laughs> like... I wasn't going to be like, dude, my whole life I've just wanted to do Tramp next Spiling. to Shamu. Oh, God. <laughs> Finally. Uh, so I was just like, well, normally I pay to go to the gym and do flips. And in this scenario, you would pay me wow. to go do flips. So that sounds like a better deal to me. Totally. And they were kind of like, he's not kidding. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> next. Solid answer. Yeah. We'll take that one. That's hilarious. Let's find man. someone who's a little more idealistic than you. Um, so anyway, I tried that. They. Okay. Obviously didn't take me. I then auditioned for another show uh, in Santa Cruz. And that was the single worst show ever. Was that the action sports type one? (laughs) I think I know which one you're talking about. (sighs) I'm not going to name names. But I will say never work for those people. Yeah, Um, I think I know which one you're talking about. I made $75 a day to do... I think three or four shows a day, depending on whether it was a weekday or a weekend. Holy crap! Oh, it was great. I had to trick and hand balance and fake b-boy on concrete yep. before every show, um, and then in the show I had to trick again. Wow! Do stomp dancing, which was great. Tyler, the creator, came and filmed me on Vine, and that was my <laughs> most humiliating internet moment. That's hilarious. Um, and then bo staff solo, trampoline, tramp wall, Chinese pole uh, some really janky bungees where there was like a ramp. This literally, this entire show was a ripoff of the finale of step up revolutions. Literally <laughs> they just every, it all one. every single thing about it. I'm uh, not even exaggerating. They were just so like, funny. let's take that and that and that and that and that and do it on a budget of nothing. No way. So, um, basically I did everything in the show and got paid nothing for it and made me very, uh, grateful for totally any other show any other gig any other stupid thing I feel I'm having my time wasted by I'm still like at least I'm not back to that (sighs) that is so um anyway that was a little bit of exposition but eventually I started auditioning for Cirque du Soleil um I used to train at the Tempest the the only Tempest at the time in Northridge and some of the guys who were in Iris which was a Cirque show that was actually in L.A for like 2 years I think okay. started training there. Okay. And I had no idea there was a search show in LA and they the were LA. like, "Oh, like you should go audition." And I'm like, "Haha, very funny. That's <laughs> cute." But eventually it kind of took place in my mind as, "Wait, maybe I could if I actually tried." And thought instead of like, "Oh, you have to be like some Olympic god from Holy. Ukraine or something to do this." Maybe you don't. So, started auditioning, started getting cut in auditions, and eventually In 2016, the timing was hilarious. I was hanging out with Jeremy Marinas, and he was like, so when are you going to come do stunts? Because I had done a (laughs) couple gigs at the time. I was SAG eligible, and I was like, you know, I've had this sort of dream in my mind of just wanting to prove that I was good enough for Cirque du Soleil. And once I audition one more time in which I'm absolutely 100% certain they're going to be like, that was a nice first round. Please leave and never come back. Yeah. We're tired of your shit. Um, literally the next day I got an email from casting being like, hey, so we thought of this role that you'd be really good for. You want to come audition for Chris Angel? And I was like, what the fuck, Chris Angel? Okay. Because no I've been only doing trampol for the last three years. Totally. And they were like, yeah, we want you to do sear wheel tricking and parkour. And I was like, <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah. Um so went to the gym, warmed up my fake tricking and my fake parkour, and tried to figure out how Sear Wheel worked, because I may or may not have put it on my resume saying I knew how to do it after doing like two sessions of it no at a gym way. one time. And uh yeah, then I got the job. And then from there I went on to Beatles Love and I worked there yes. as a trampolinist okay. and as a Beatle, essentially. Like the guys who do trampoline also play the young Beatles. So we run around and we do like tricking and parkour and B-boying yeah. and stuff. And then from there I went back to Chris Angel when he left Cirque because I actually just really enjoyed working with him and okay. the working conditions were awesome. Like I did this many flips a night. Wow. I had this much make. And what was your flip? And Ariel. Yeah, nice. nice. <laughs> it was to bow. I, one awesome. time I sprained my ankle so bad I could barely walk. So I just subbed a helicopter over my bow instead. <laughs> and I was like, look, it's probably cooler anyway. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Technically way more difficult as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Crazy. But yeah, so I worked for him for a bit again. And then Cirque uh, created Run over at Luxor. I went ah. and watched a preview of it. And I was like, this just looks like fun. So I went and I auditioned there. I got in. But I never performed. I had this incredibly bad luck streak starting in december that seems to have run until about two days ago um i first of all my second day there i got in a massive car accident totaled my car almost died it was super fun and so that kept me from going back to rehearsal because my neck was all messed up and then as soon as i got back everyone had the flu caught the flu left again as soon as I came back from that, my very first rehearsal on stage was for an act where there was a car, or a fake car, yeah, yeah, a very expensive fake car, and a treadmill that's also kind of like a rod floor consistency. Okay, so the whole idea was run on this treadmill, climb up, fight Mark Paletti. He would punch me in the face. I would do a B twist and then wreck on the treadmill. It would spit me away, of course. And okay. so, first rehearsal ever. Have literally never even done the choreo with him. And I find out I probably don't have as much time as I thought. So I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to mark this. So I marked a B twist because that was going to be my crash and just literally did a jump full turn, tore two, yeah, tore two ligaments completely in my left ankle on impact just because it was the first time I had landed on the moving treadmill. Totally. I was like sideways and yeah, my ankle just rolled in like that. And God knows with 20 years of tricking, I've had plenty of ankle sprains. So I'm sure it was just like waiting for the perfect thing. And that was the perfect thing.
0: Did you have to have surgery or? Yeah, I had surgery
1: in March and uh, it was Brostrom surgery. Basically, they drill a couple of anchors into you through your ligaments. They tighten it all up. And then you just chill in a boot for a while. Dang. And this was also concurrent with the pandemic starting as well. Of course. And the show closing, and then all the other Cirque shows also closed. So it was just sort of this big, just what's going on moment.
0: So was run completely shut down, or is yeah. it closed for the no, pandemic? One hundred percent. Okay.
1: It closed a week before all the other shows closed. What was the basis of that one? I wasn't too aware of it. That was one. stunts literally uh, it was stunt based it's that
0: one okay yeah. so i know um, about that one they kept putting yeah. out
1: calls for talent for that one for a long time i would imagine they yeah. would yeah um so yeah it was a stunt based show uh it was a very strange show and i feel like it never really came to completion okay because i mean when you open a show usually for the first year just about they're still going to be tweaking. still adjusting yeah yeah exactly totally, yeah, and yeah. run i believe in its entirety ran from november till march and that was it. Wow. That's yeah. a
0: short run. Cause yeah, even uh, like I helped huh, with the development of, <laughs> I helped with the development of Volta. And yeah. like, I know like the first two cities mm-hmm. that they travel to, they send part of the creative team to yep. make changes. And then like a year in, they totally got rid of the parkour section. Like yep. they just, yep. they swap whenever they need to or see fit. So yep.
1: that's crazy. So three Cirque shows in total. Mm-hmm. Three Cirque right. shows, three ongoing ones. And then um, I've also performed for them for one night for one drop and for choreographer showcase. Wow. And whenever they open back up, hopefully they do. I'll okay. probably go add number four or This is cool
0: for me because like, I'm on, mm-hmm. I'm kind of like on the other side mm-hmm. for like, you know, like behind the veil, so to yeah. speak, like they keep me away. So like, uh, I just know some of the things from my my other friends that perform. Do you um, have to do your own makeup on Mm -hmm. these shows too? Yep. Okay. So that's one thing that I always thought was unique when I went to headquarters is they teach you how to apply your own makeup. Yep. You do your own costume and everything. And so how long does that process take? Like how,
1: how long before a show (laughs) do you have to show up and do it? Um, Well, you have to show up at call time. So that's a set time. Um, How many hours
0: is that usually before? It varies from show to show. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, Chris Angel, it was an hour and a half, I think. No, cool. what okay. am I talking about? It was an hour before showtime, and I had no makeup for that. I wore a mask the whole time. It sure. was awesome. Uh, at Love, it was five forty-five, and first show is at seven, so an hour cool. and a quarter. And at Run, at Run, it was like four or something. It was super early, but the makeup itself for Love and Run, which both required makeup, mm-hmm. was very simple because uh, um, okay. you just had to look kind of like a prettier version of yourself so up a little yeah, it's yeah. Not like Ka. Ka, my no cause crazy minute. yeah yeah cause crazy and Taruk was the super crazy one that was yes. the avatar one so Holy. it's just like three hours of makeup or something uh for me initially it was almost three hours because i just never do my makeup weird <laughs> wow <laughs> right so who knew um but by the time i was done like 10 minutes yeah that's what everyone says yeah exactly. they find the process yeah
0: that's crazy and now like we even talked about it with you coming over here and, and for those that haven't realized this is the first official Jamcast on the road so thank hey. you for joining us we're in las vegas but uh you even mentioned it like you you were like the drive will take me 15 minutes it'll probably yeah. take me just as long to park and walk through the hotels Yep. so like when you guys are working on these strip hotels on the shows do you guys have a separate parking lot or do you park in the
1: public and do you have a separate entrance usually it's in the public lot um when i worked Hardcore. with chris at luxor we had our own parking lot and it was right next to the stage door. So that was the chillest cool. thing ever. Like park in our and it had one of those little whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah. Scary things. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh yeah, it had a barrier. So yeah, we had our own lot and it was great. Um when I worked at Love, we would park right over there. Wow. Um, and yeah, depending on if it was peak tourism season, which normally it would be right now. Of course that's when you're doing all the
0: shows right
1: how long does it take to get in just for people that have no reference of Vegas um so almost no matter where you live in Vegas you're going to be about 20 minutes from the strip at the furthest so Mm -hmm. it's not like LA where everything's kind of just you're everywhere everything's an hour instead of 20 minutes exactly um here the strip basically is the center of Vegas and it runs along the 15 and it bisects the city so we got Henderson we got Vegas and on the east and the west sides, respectively. Mm -hmm. And basically, the whole thing is just laid out like this little circle with the 15 in the middle of it. So I would say it takes you, on a normal day, 15 minutes to drive. But if it's tourism season, that intersection right there takes forever. Um, So I would always leave about an hour before I had to be there just to be safe. And most times I would wind up being at work half an hour early and just be like, "Ah, oh, whatever, I'll go stretch or, like, get food or something. But, yeah, it's... Not a good feeling to be panicking and running late. I was gonna say,
0: I I only uh, the only other instance I thought of it being crazy like this was I talked to someone that worked in an airport and they Mm -hmm. said it's the same deal. It's like sometimes thirty to an hour
1: to like get through all the procedures and security and parking. And Mm -hmm. I'm like,
0: damn, and you don't get paid for that time.
1: No. It's crazy. See, that is the thing. There is no union either for acrobats here. Mm -hmm. It's not like SAG. So you don't get paid for rehearsals when you do that. Totally. You just you have a set amount of you could have X hours per week of rehearsal. And if you exceed that, then you'll get paid a little extra.
0: And correct me if I'm wrong, uh, working on the residency shows here in Vegas, you have to get your own housing. They don't Mm -hmm. provide it at all, right?
1: Yeah, that's Uh, a
0: fun misconception.
1: Everyone like shows up up. being like, I'm going to live in a hotel. Where's my penthouse?
0: Nope. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) (laughs) I've only had one friend of mine, but I think she was like doing, uh, she was a female dancer for Mm -hmm. one of the shows and they got rooms because they're only here like twice a week or three times Mm -hmm. a week. But yeah. The mm-hmm. Residency shows it's when tough.
1: if you have like if you've just moved to Vegas from out of town for a show they'll put you up usually for about two weeks I and then two you find limbo. your own place yeah yeah but Vegas housing is cheap it is oh, I've been looking cheap. at I've been
0: looking at buying some houses out here actually just to have one especially with the Raider Stadium coming up soon yeah. it, I mean obviously we're in the middle of a pandemic so I'm like these events will suck for
1: a minute but yeah, yeah
0: down the road with the Raider Stadium and mm-hmm. all the UFC fights all Dude, the boxing yeah
1: oof. Especially, like, because we live in the very far south of town. So okay. I'm maybe an eight-minute drive from Raiders Stadium. Dude, like, super chill. And I know they're planning on putting some kind of technological park and building up sort of the resort stuff further south. Yeah, the yeah. Raiders training area is just off the freeway on the other side of it from my house. Like, oh, okay. I know where you are then. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like, the the whole thing with Vegas is, like, okay, my house costs as much as a 900-square-foot one-story with barred windows in Compton. Of course. And I'm not exaggerating because I looked it up. Yeah, of like, course. Like, I've got a 2,300-square-foot house with a big-ass backyard. I'm in a con- corner lot. I've got a pool. Wow. I've got all the space I could ever need. I have no neighbors. There's a park behind my house. Like... I love living here ah, Okay, and everything is so easy. Like it's a five minute drive to the gym. It's a 10 minute drive to physical therapy. Totally. It's a 15 minute drive to the strip and to work. Therefore, like I used to live in Santa Clarita. So my, my view of LA is, Oh, everything is going to be really, really, really far. Totally. And, and you kind of used yeah. to being removed a little bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then, yeah. I lived in NoHo for a bit and somehow even being so much closer, it still took just as long to get anywhere. Of so. course. I, I've noticed that as well. Cause I have yep. a, a office in NoHo right now. I thought it mm-hmm. would cut down my time and I'm
0: like, it's just a pain in the ass. Yeah. yeah
1: if you could like burrow underneath Laurel Canyon, yes. then yes.
0: But dude, that's crazy. So, uh, how is Vegas as a performer? Because I know like I've had some friends here that have moved here and they're like, dude, it's chaotic. Like Mm -hmm. it's not the life for me. Like I got caught up and then I have other Mm -hmm. friends that moved here and they're like, dude, it's pretty cool. There's
1: uh, tons of circus gyms, Mm -hmm. like uh,
0: aerial gyms, all kinds of
1: stuff centered around that. Yeah. Um, I am such a hermit that I don't give a fuck about the whole nightlife thing. Like, I don't even know if I've ever been to a club in Vegas. Wow. Literally. Maybe once, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so, like, for me, it's super chill. Like, it's got all the stuff I like to do, which is go to the gym and train. Uh, There's cliff diving, like, 50 minutes away in one direction. There's Mount Charleston an hour in the other direction. You can snowboard there in winter. Uh, It's close enough to L.A. that I can always drive back and go to the ocean, go to jam, go wherever. Um, Utah is just an hour and a half north of here. It's just so, for such a barren hellhole, it's actually kind of, awesome living here for me crazy okay yeah. how like, do you
0: handle the heat that's the one thing that i know it's a little hotter <laughs> with than the my valley. extremely
1: expensive uh power bills okay. mostly that's what i was gonna yeah. ask yeah, yeah, lots yeah. of ac okay. um but you i mean you acclimate to it uh and i spend as much time as i can indoors or go yeah. in the pool or just like train in the backyard or something in so far as I can train right now, like go and juggle and be like, it's totally. really fucking hot. Huh? Yeah <laughs> That's
0: crazy, man So so taking it all the way back to the beginning of your journey Like we kind of stumbled upon how you like started accumulating skills and stuff mm-hmm. What was your background before any of it? Did you like do martial arts at mm-hmm. all? Did you do gymnastics at all? What was like the origin story of your movement journey?
1: I did one gymnastics class once when I was three and I hated it okay. and that was that Wow. um I don't know. Even when I was that young, well, not, I guess, even when I was that young. When I was that young, I didn't understand the concept of conditioning, so I just thought Mm. that the coaches were just like sadist torturers who were just like, just hang from your pull-up bar for the next hour. Do a headstand against the wall for the next half hour. So I was just like, I hate it, and I left. And then my parents put me into Aikido, Ah. and then when I moved – Oh, yeah. I'm Canadian for anyone who didn't know that, which is most people, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, So when I moved to America, I started taking jujitsu. And then from there, I started doing karate, but it was not really karate. Like it was a mix of karate and Krav Maga and sort of the... Beginnings of MMA. It was before oh, okay. MMA became as prominent as it is. It was when it was like K1 and Pride and all that totally. were just as viable as UFC. And then UFC was like, by the way, hold my jerk. Yeah, we're hold my beer. That. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, so yeah. That was how I got into it. And then when I was in eighth grade, I remember talking to a kid in one of my classes who said that there were people at their dojo who could do like five forties and flash kicks and all that. And at the time, that was mind-blowing to me. So I was like, I must go. What is this? Yeah, Yeah, I want to be a ninja for real. I was going to say ninja skills. Yeah, so I started training there. And then, yeah. So I went back after the fact to gymnastics, but never in a formal sense. I just went to gymnastics coaches, and I was like, hey, I don't know how to use my body. Teach me the physics behind all this. Because whether it's tricking or gymnastics or trampoline or literally anything, there's still... Sort of a codified way of doing it that yeah. works. So I started taking privates with a gymnastics coach and started learning more interesting tricks uh, like aerial switches and hyper swipes and things like that that were cool for the time totally. and now they're completely irrelevant and no one even does them. <laughs> um, Literally, when was the last time you saw someone do an aerial switch? Never. Exactly. I, I do them
0: sometimes because I can't mega sometimes. Then I'm like, oh, exactly. let's just fake this. <laughs> I don't even know
1: what mega is. Yeah. So,
0: <laughs> Exactly. You <laughs> damn uh, kids
1: with your terminology and your newfangled uh, terms, vanish rapid mega, me. Exactly. I don't know what any of those mean.
0: So at what point did you uh, start acrobatics? Like, uh, was hmm. it the introduction to the kicking at that martial arts school that technically was your first acro before the, the privates and stuff?
1: Partially. Okay. My cousin uh was doing sports acro at the time and I was just at a beach with her one time and my aunt and she was doing kip-ups and front handsprings and I was like I want to learn that that? yeah yeah. so learned how to do like a really bad front walkover um but thinking I'm hot shit at the time and a kip-up and then just kind of got addicted to it Totally. All right. That's crazy. And now you're kind of known throughout the industry, or I mean,
0: within our community of movement people for doing these obscure random moves, like we kind of talked about before, Mm -hmm. um, a lot of helicopter variations. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the stuff that I freak out on is the trampoline stuff where Mm -hmm. you're over rotating to your hands and then coming Mm, out of them. How did you delve into
1: that? And what's the learning curve on stuff like that? Like, was it a lot of bales and crashes? A lot of bales. Um,
0: Helicoptero,
1: I was trying for a long time and I couldn't figure it out. Like, I originally was learning because we both come from the same generation of there is no streaming video on the internet. Totally. So, originally, I was learning... From text and, like, hand-drawn picture tutorials. <laughs> um, there was a website wow. called Chimp's Lair that uh, Capillarista out of the Bay Area used to run. Okay. And it had all these cool videos I would download, and it would take, like, an hour to have, like, a 10-second clip. No it was way. sick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and <laughs> he had little drawings of, like, butter- butterfly twists, parafusos, things like that. And I was okay. like, all right, I want to learn this. And then... Um, Yeah. The obscure stuff I think really came out of just a lack of conventional ability to be perfectly honest. Like, have you ever seen me do a roundoff back handspring? Oh no. no. And I hate roundoffs too. So I'm right there with you. Yeah. Exactly. Um, like I would love to have all the skills mastered in my ideal world. I would just be the God of all the acrobatics, but that's not happening in this lifetime. So in order to just kind of keep it, interesting and learn new stuff I just started kind of going off the beaten path ah, and nice um, yeah with most of those tricks I would just see someone do it at some point and be like that was crazy and it was still fringy enough that I wouldn't see it again for a long time <laughs> so I first saw a full dive roll in just gonna 2007 perfect yeah <laughs> actually at Woodward West a guy called Dan Bronenberg was like spamming them all over the place and I was like what? Wow. What? And he tried to teach me. I couldn't wrap my head around it at all. No way. Uh, he was also the first guy I ever saw do handspring, miss your feet, roll out, and hand front. Oh, so wow. like okay. Handspring front tuck to feet yeah. in two thousand seven. And this dude's taller than me. He's bigger than I am. Like he was not your typical gymnast build either. Okay. So I was like, oh, it's possible for like Lurch to, to get do this, this done. I yeah. can do it. So. um yeah, that was that. The Helicoptero, I was trying for the longest time and I honestly don't remember when it clicked. But I do remember shortly thereafter realizing that it's easy as shit if your hands are on like something this height Yeah, and just being like, Damn it. I remember when you showed me on the block. Yeah. Yeah, It helped so much. Wasted like four years of my life suffering, just failing over and over on the floor. And then be like, oh, I could have just learned this in a week. Yeah, yeah. Once I remember you put a block and then you put a foam cube on the ground. It's like, oh, here we go. I got it now. (laughs) Yep, pretty much. Um, Yeah, and then the other twisting dive roll stuff actually is because I saw Aaron Hakala do a 540 roll bomb. And yeah, no kidding. And a 720 dive roll. And I had never seen or heard of either of those and i still don't know if anyone did 720 before him i think he may have been i the think first. he probably was yeah. the first uh you i saw what, 540s in the 70s though yeah of course do yeah. you know what i just found on my mm-hmm. old
0: youtube account uh uh me in 2007 doing round off 540 roll I got to post that up on Instagram soon. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. It's
1: super cool, dude. I was like, wow,
0: that's an old one. (laughs) Pioneering it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: Funnily enough, actually, one of the girls I worked with at Love, her dad was a collegiate gymnast and he did a bunch of 540 dive rolls and stuff back in like 1976. Okay. With all the flips to my hands on trampoline, that was inspired by Jason Gatson. He was a gymnast from the 90s and the 2000s. And we were training at Woodward one time and he just started doing fucking flips on his hands on trampoline. Like, and I was like, what? why? What is happening? <laughs> yeah, what is this witchcraft? Okay. So uh, I was inspired by that. And then another guy who was working at Woodward for the week, Jim Hartung, he was another gymnast from like the 70s. Okay. I don't know he I told us that he had done in his floor routine, full twisting front walkover and front, like front flip into front walkover. Wow. And we were like, Huh. So I looked up one of his floor routines. I've never seen video of him doing the front flip front handspring thing, but I do believe he did it uh, because his full twisting front walkover was just better than any ones yeah. I've seen since. And that was almost 50 years ago. Years and years yeah. ago. Yeah. And he, to- he just told me like, I stopped doing the front flip front handspring thing after my back just went way too far. And he just like... <laughs> <laughs> Kicked his own head or yeah. something. <laughs> um, but that same day, Gatson and I went over to the trampoline, and we were like, all right, let's try and do this as a dismount. And we were just kind of like man-challenging each other, be like a bitch you won't try this. Yes. So, um, yeah, way. did front tuck, front handspring. And then I one-upped him and did beranian back handspring. And then... I ended up landing front full in front handspring that same day. And he tried a Thomas front handspring. So like back full in wow. half turn front handspring. And I called it quits at that point, <laughs> but I did eventually land it like a year later. So. Okay.
0: And this is going to be a weird question. So if you don't have an answer, it's totally understandable, yeah, but a w- w- uh, two parter one, uh, what is your favorite s- skill subset that you have of all the things you can do? And two, hmm. what do you consider your
1: most technically difficult skill or trick? Hmm. That's a hard one. Um, in terms of my skills, ironically, the thing that I'm best at of all the things I do is nunchucks. Really? Of all the stupid things, Go yeah. No way. Um, for whatever reason, that just really clicked with me when I was first exposed to it. Particularly okay. double nunchucks. Like single nunchucks doesn't really interest me that much. I yeah. think like same. I'm every time someone tags me in a video of a kid in a yellow tracksuit imitating Bruce Lee, I die a little bit inside, but I appreciate it. But I also die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, double nunchucks really was my thing and okay. still is my thing. It literally just feels like an extension of my body and it feels natural. Dumb. So that, um, in terms of my hardest or most technical trick, I honestly don't know. It's all um, good. I was just curious yeah. if you had
0: one. Cause to me, the reason why I asked is when I watch you do all these things, like off the tramp to level resi, mm-hmm. Uh I'm always like, what the hell is that? What the hell is that? What the hell is that? So I was just curious yeah. if there was one. So here's maybe a better question. Mm-hmm. Is there one that took you the longest to learn?
1: Ooh. Helicopter took me a long time to learn. That's so funny. Backflip, <laughs> the one we just talked about. Backflip took me a long time to learn. <laughs> no backflip was the hardest trick. No way. Absolutely. That was like wow. the, the gatekeeper. How long was um, that? Dude, dude, I had a trampoline in my backyard for like four years before I manned up and did a backflip. No way. I could do a back pullover and I could do a back ah. half because I would just like take off and just kind of like Side spot. Yeah, yeah. I would yeah. stare at the ceiling at, or the sky actually. I would just take off and be like, there it is. Horrible for um, you, right? Yeah. Yeah. But. Um, That's crazy. I can say some of the hardest tricks I've tried, but I've never actually successfully done. Tumbling or what? Eh, all of the above. Okay. Um, one, I want to revisit is a uh, triple front yeah. to hands. So like two and a half <laughs> flips to hands. I've done it insofar as doing the flips and hitting my hands, but I've never done it, done it. Yeah. Uh, mostly because it's, fucking terrifying it's ridiculous <laughs> like yeah the yeah. last thing i want to do with a triple flip is be low or traveling far i just want to be like i'm away from and the and going ground. towards your head yeah. yeah and then yeah kick out and be like what if i did this at the worst time possible and then tried to do a handstand totally that'll work yeah. um ask paul Whitecotton. yeah <laughs> quad front neck break you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh. Funnily enough, your gym was the first place I ever did a quad front. Really, no yeah, way. That's of all so the low, funny. like of
0: all the spots, that's not the place I would try. It. Yeah, yeah.
1: <sighs> I learned a lot of sketchy tricks in your gym, like uh, back double layout to stomach. Yeah, I did for the first time on the trampoline at Jam.
0: Did you ever front flip and grab the beam like Ben?
1: Oh, uh, man, I tried for such a long time. I did front flip and caught the beam, but just, like, peeled, peeled off into off. the pit twice. We,
0: we were trying to have uh, Eric McAmetchen and Pasha do it last week. Couldn't mm-hmm. do it. And I was like, Ben Jenkins can do it every time. It's crazy.
1: Ben is a superhuman, though. Yeah, He's, he is. He is what a one. He you know? is. <laughs> he is. Um, but, yeah, that shit's hard. Okay. I'll put that on my list of things to revisit. Yes, now that I yes, can Come revisit through. things. Um, Nine hundred dive roll on floor is wow. another one I've worked on. But from standing, um, from standing on a block <coughs> or from cartwheel. Okay, okay, yeah. but I've never caught it to the to the degree that I would count it. Like yeah, I'm smooth. very much a nitpicker when it comes to technique with dive rolls in particular. Like I see so many seven twenty dive rolls that are taken off yeah. like facing away. I feel you just sort of like twisting and or blindly angles, praying angles like this. And yeah, so, yeah. And then like, there is no roll, and they're like, Oh, world's first 720 dive roll on <laughs> asphalt. And oh, it's like, yeah. Ooh, but did you? Yeah, like, exactly. It's impressive as it is. Just call it what it is. At least
0: you're stirring up a conversation in the community
1: more than yeah. anything, I guess, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, or just making people hate me exactly. either way. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Um, I don't know. Like, I just believe you should have integrity in your tricks. Agreed, like agreed. Doing a f- whatever you want to call that a 540 dive roll from like a weird running takeoff is still super hard. It's still impressive. It's cool. Like just own it and say, "Hey, I did this thing." A little short, yeah. Yeah, like it's so, the same as um, Tiki Wu did yes, almost a quad cork I, I recently. The other day, yeah. And he was the first person to say, "Like it's short." Yes, he like, did say, "I'm shallow of it." Yeah, you know? but it's crazy. And honestly, that's a big thing with tricking. I don't understand why people don't do cork variations to a forward exit more often. I don't like, know. Well, it's scary, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. but so that's is where, everything. So is a quad cork. That's where Mega comes into play. Mega mm-hmm. would be a forward, mm-hmm. forward facing. But do they ever punch out of it? Because I never see, like, I've... Some guys. Some guys okay. that are,
0: like, Guthrie, Guthrie will do, like, a cork variation to Mega, and then he'll go, mm-hmm. like, miss like B to a swing through something or stuff like that. But
1: I just know? I want to see, like, a double and a half cork punch front yeah. into something. like That would be interesting. It's another thing on my list. Okay. I want to do a lot of weird shit. Um unfortunately my landing and takeoff leg for all my swings is the one that I had surgery on so that's I could probably do it right now but I'm not about to risk that. Totally. Um okay. but on my list of things is double cork swing 540 dive roll wow. and stuff like that. I just okay. want to do unexpected stuff. Hell yes. So, okay.
0: Yeah. And now here's one other thing that uh, stands out in my mind that some people may remember or may not, depending on when they like were par- a part of your journey. Mm-hmm. You were one of the first people within our circle of friends to, uh, for lack of a better term, go viral mm-hmm. within the Instagram world. Mm-hmm. I remember one day out of nowhere, Instagram reposted one of your videos yep. and you shot up to like 100,000 followers like overnight. Mm, that was fun. Do you remember what that video was?
1: Yeah, it was Trampol. Okay. It was... It was funny. It was really simple stuff. It was just me and two friends messing around in the gym one day and I filmed it. I put it on Instagram and then I remember checking my DMs and I had a DM from Instagram. Wow. And I was like, this is definitely a virus. Yeah. yeah I'm right, getting hacked right sure, now. Sure, <laughs> guys. Yeah. Instagram yeah. is messaging me. So actually it was Instagram and wow. it was some representative saying, hey, like we saw this video. We'd really like to share it. Can we... Interview you, and that actually happened. The interview happened in the jam parking lot before Open Shipman one day. No yeah. way, it was just a quick, like 10 15 minute call. On uh, totally, that's on what they the read that blurb about, yep. oh, exactly. yeah, exactly. And they were just like, Oh, what's your background? What do you do? Dang. And this was pre Cirque, this was pre anything. I think that was remember the year 20. Uh, it's got to be either 2014 or 2015. I so. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah, and It was kind of funny because then that set me off on this other, like, oh, I could go on the internet and do flips and people will enjoy them kind of thing. Totally. And that was funny and kind of misguided most times. But yeah, I think especially now, like I literally get as many views or likes on my videos now as I did when I had like. Five thousand followers. I, it's it's crazy, yeah. right? Yeah,
0: the it's it's an insane world. I'm starting yeah. to like get to that point too, where yeah. like,
1: or I'll put out the dumbest thing ever, and it gets dude four times the amount of views that yep. when I do a complicated edit. I'm like, all right, yep. I'm done with the edits. Yep, I'm done with even trying to play the social media game. Like, yes, at this point, unless I go on TikTok and be like, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> steal my information. Um, yeah, exactly, there's no point. But i'm grateful for it it makes me feel good when people are like oh i follow you on instagram totally. but i don't put any sense of like my self-worth okay. into it yeah 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 and i think that that's a big trap a lot of people fall into especially younger people where it's like oh i'm not getting as many views and it's like well you're not because of stupid algorithm it's yeah, not it's like not you yeah, yeah like probably. oh you should probably just jump off the balcony like you only got five thousand views or totally. something like who yeah, cares yeah. It's a bunch of anonymous strangers scrolling through your stuff and sometimes being like... <laughs> exactly. And sometimes there's people that purposely just won't like it just to not do it yeah. on purpose. Oh, it's I'll crazy. show them. Yeah. Um,
0: it's crazy. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, one of the other things I want to ask you about, which is uh, because I don't know if you're still on it, but mm-hmm. I always remember you being extremely flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, do you still have splits in all your normal flexibility? After hip surgery,
1: my hip... Or sorry, hip surgery... Ankles, surgery. Ankle surgery, yeah. <laughs> Knock on wood. Right? I know. I was going to say, you had hip um, one? I didn't right. know about that one. But after that, my left hip, which was the leg that got hurt, uh, has been really weird. So okay. yeah, I can still do all three splits, okay. but I used to be able to roll out of bed and just be like, and just fall into middle splits and not yep. really feel anything. And now I definitely feel some kind of resistance. Wow. But I've only been able to start doing acrobatic stuff literally in the last 24 hours so I do suspect that that's going to just kind of dissipate. Okay. Or I'm screwed. So but
0: we'll see. Along the lines of that uh, maintenance, so to speak, mm-hmm. and also tightening your training regimen. How when you're healthy, mm-hmm. how many days a week do you train, and how many them. days a week do you stretch? All of them. Okay. And how all for how them, long? For how long? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Literally all of it. Um, from the moment I roll out of bed until yes. I go to bed, I'm stretching. I stretch when I first wake up. I wow. stretch right before I go to bed and i usually depending on what i'm doing i'll do some form of stretch in between but there is also a sort of caveat of if i'm going to be doing pretty much anything explosive or anything that's going to involve doing flips or trampoline mm-hmm. i can't stretch too hard i was going to ask yeah. that
0: if it has an effect with your muscles oh dude i yeah. turn into a noodle
1: like really? so you yeah, can't especially my back yeah like not even i can't so I, I can't do a straight jump i can't do anything if you're too flexible mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not a contortionist by any means, yeah. but I'm still more flexible than your average bear. And yeah, yeah, yeah like with back stretching in particular, I feel like you go through this weird, almost like runner's high thing where it's almost just like pushing yourself to this weird limit of, I don't know. It's hard to describe. I'm sure anyone who's kind of gone through that could relate to it. But totally. I mean, when you did martial arts, I'm sure when you first started stretching and your coaches would have been like pushing you down, which in this case would have been your parents, I imagine. Yeah. Once you break that sucked. threshold, you're good. Yeah.
0: yeah. But there is like a, a threshold you have to push through. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, it feels decently yeah.
1: to keep going. And I do think there's almost like this, um, this form of self identity where it's just like, I go to this point and this is the point that I go to. People almost, yeah. people almost create mental blocks. where oh, they, absolutely. They,
0: it's almost like an excuse for why they're at that level. Yep. They're like, oh, I just can't get past her. It's yep. like, we well, just got to push through that. Yeah. Her,
1: yeah. For some reason, all yeah. these little kids could, but you couldn't. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I feel like you get used to moving a certain way. You get used to certain limitations and you just sort of live in that. And when you stretch something far beyond what you ever thought was possible for yourself mm-hmm. it's really weird like the first time i ever took my foot and put it on my forehead over the top like that it didn't feel like my foot it just okay. felt like someone had taken like a mannequin foot and they were just like doing this <laughs> yeah. and i'm just like what the hell is Dang, that i bet That's um crazy. and yeah like similar things like doing like forearm bridge and grabbing your ankles and being like those are my feet i yes. can see my feet my feet are this way <laughs> like it's weird With being that
0: flexible, does it require you the same amount of time to warm those muscles up? Or does it require less time since they're mm, more malleable already? Depends what limit
1: I'm going to. Most of the stretching I do is just for maintenance and to have nice lines. Um, But if I'm pushing it harder, it takes me not necessarily more time, but a lot more effort. And okay. I used to do the sort of this routine of bounce on the trampoline until I'm sweaty and feel physically warm. Yeah, yeah. Go torture myself for 15, 20 minutes of stretching. And then when I could start to feel like the air of the gym was cool, I was like, ah, shit, like my sweat is starting to cool Dried me instead out. of help yeah. me. So go back on the trampoline, repeat. Wow. And then if I was trying to take a pretty picture or something for Instagram, I would just repeat until I was no longer physically capable of bouncing okay but i could just be like look at my archiness um but yeah there's a lot of flexibility things that i suck at though like my pecs are very tight Ooh, i am the anti-air chair wow. right here okay okay like i can do a bad air chair but there's a whole lot of it's rude. yeah, <laughs> a whole lot of stretching that goes into it beforehand okay. um wild yeah
0: Okay, and, and the reason why I'm asking these questions, and I don't mean to make it all about flexibility, but we, mostly Taylor. we have a lot of female guests that talk about mm-hmm. flexibility. So I feel like a lot of the male viewers are disconnected mm-hmm. from that. Okay. Um, along with the flexibility, is it mostly static or active stretching? And then is it also intertwined with like foam rolling out knots and stuff? Or is a it just a lot of stretching? foam rolling?
1: Okay. A lot of foam rolling and a lot of deep tissue massage, which self or uh, preferably from someone else who doesn't feel the pain. Cause I can only push myself so hard, but someone who doesn't care how it feels can go a lot harder. Um, for me, I never realized I was particularly flexible. Um, it, as a little boy, like you're taught like, Oh, boys don't do splits and stuff like that. So I never tried. It's those mental excuses people create societally. Um, but I did have elbows that bent about that far backwards so I used to freak out my PE teacher in school and just like do pushups and like <laughs> and lock them super hyper extended. So that funny. went away with age and not stretching. Okay. But I think that some stretches probably came a little easier to me than they would for others. But I will say that doing partner stretching, foam rolling, lacrosse ball massage 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 and doing all the stretches you hate the most mm. is important that's a good yeah good everyone yeah. neglects the things they hate the most so at the beginning of the year and this challenge got kind of disrupted less than two weeks after I started it but I made a challenge to myself to just do a bridge every day wow I hate bridges yeah I hate them too yeah I'll do four of course we don't train them because we hate them yeah exactly it's just unpleasant um I would do forearm bridges Mm. I would do hollow backs I would do pretty much anything that wasn't just a straight up normal bridge dog I haven't done a bridge in decades exactly maybe more exactly um so that was sort of my thing That got sidelined by tearing my ankle two weeks later, but, uh, it was making good progress. And once I started PT, I started stretching again and it made good progress again. And now I'm pretty bendy. Wow. Um, but one thing for anyone who wants to learn how to get their back more flexible, I was just going to ask, what's the intro to yoga wheel.
0: Yes, dude, Buy I just got introduced wheel. to that by a friend of
1: mine. Dude, they're the best. She had me lay on it. I was like, yep.
0: what is this feeling?
1: Yeah. Opening up everything. It's great. Yeah. What? How
0: big is yours? Is yours?
1: Like uh, a, mine is probably about yay in diameter. Okay. I The conventional ones seem to be about that size. Yeah. Mine is about that size. If I could, I would get one that was larger, but I haven't found any that are. Okay. Yeah. Just cause you can sort of drape yourself along it. And, yeah. For
0: those you know. that don't know what we're talking about is like, it's a plastic little piece. It's so simple. It's like yep. this wide yep. and it, you
1: literally just lean your back on it. It allows your back to curve over it. Yep. Imagine so. like a cylinder that you just took a slice of, yeah. put some matting on it so it doesn't hurt your spine and that's it. You can, you can grab it and kind of open up mm-hmm. your chest and shoulders. You can go on your shins and work on your quads and your hip flexors Eventually you can do shins and forearms on the ground at the same time. <sighs> like That's that funny. was torture at first. Now it's a warm now. up. Wow. Yeah. Um Okay. And yeah, like there's so many little muscles as well that you don't realize just get super, super tight. Like My glutes are super tight. Dude. Like, my subscap is super tight somewhere in there. Yeah, post-shoulder surgery, my subscap was wrecked. Yeah. Yeah. Took months, yeah. And even, like, even small things, like the muscles in your feet, the muscles in your fingers. Like, if you ever seen, like, Thai and Cambodian dancers, they would be the ultimate tutters because they can just, like, full 90 degrees. And Meanwhile, I'm over here, like, I do a lot of (laughs) one-arm handstands, and, yeah, I've got pretty terrible active yeah, there. I, I lost a lot of mine. It's interesting. Yeah, so even just simple things like stretching your fingers. Stretching your neck for whatever reason, stretching my neck never occurred to me, despite having a million neck injuries. Um, I stretched mine because yeah. of stunts, but that's that would make sense,
0: yeah. But yeah, it's, it's an overlooked one because yeah. when I tell people, Hey, warm your neck up, we're yeah. gonna do reactions. like, How do Ooh. I do that? <laughs> I only actually got
1: oh. exposed to it once I worked for CERT because a B boy was showing me some windmill variations yes. and head spins and stuff, and he was like, Dude, you got to warm up your neck. I'm like, What? <laughs> Oh, it's a Done. muscle. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that helped a lot. Okay. These muscles, man. Dude, I feel you. I feel you. You're the enemy of happiness. Yeah. And
0: and a lot of times our muscle our neck gets wrecked because we're always looking down at our phones mm-hmm. like this. And my cairo's
1: like, dude, stop looking at your phone. Yeah, you know absolutely. Or like my posture, like my shoulders are always super yeah, caveman y. Yeah. Um when I was a little kid, I had just no pecs to speak of. probably because I was a little kid. Totally. Weird. Yeah. But uh yeah. A lot of my friends were, like, 15 when I was, like, 12 and 13. So they were all going through puberty, and I'm just kind of, like... Okay. And I was a very skinny kid as well. Like, totally. I was 140 when I was 16 at my height now, um, yeah, and cool. now I'm 180 or so. Okay. I've been 210. Damn. Back when I was, like, I'm going to lift all the weights. Yes, and yes. Cool. I remember that phase, too. Yeah. I've seen a lot that of was, the phases. That was White Lotus times. Yeah. I've seen um, the phases, yeah. Yeah. But... Yeah. Anyway, um, totally blanked on what I was. Oh no, no,
0: yeah, you finished it. At this point, though, my question for yep. you is: as um, are you still chasing things, or is it more about maintenance for the sake of longevity?
1: Mm, in what sense, chasing?
0: Uh, are you still? Do you still get that urge to get out there and try to rip new tricks and do groundbreaking stuff?
1: Okay, every single day. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I haven't been able to for the last half year. So I have a very, very long list of things that I'm looking forward to just checking off one okay. at a time.
0: Cool, cool. But, so um, you're not at that point yet. There are some oh friends
1: no. of ours that are like, oh, I'm just at the point now where I just want to maintain and make sure mm-hmm. I don't get hurt. So they're nah. not
0: at that level
1: where. For me, for me, everything I do, as selfish as it's going to sound, is for me. Of course. So going to life. work at Cirque, it was for my own validation. Mm-hmm. Doing any gig I do, it's for my own joy. Like I'm doing it because I enjoy it. And what I really enjoy more than performing of any sort is training and doing new stuff. So every day I'm thinking about something new I can do. Every single time I train, no matter what, I will do something new. Even if it's not a new trick for the world, even if it's not even a new trick for me necessarily, I'll do something different. Yeah. So a trick to the other direction, like I normally twist left. I'm going to do something twisting right or a new combo or like... What if I were to do, like, a thread in the air while I'm doing a trick I can already do? Or something like that. Just always something that keeps me moving forward. Totally, totally. Yeah, I don't see the point in being stagnant. Yes. Like, obviously, working for Cirque put that on a bit of a hold, but I would still train as much as I could and still do new things. It's tough because you get into that routine
0: mindset where you're like, oh, I'm just going to train the stuff I do every day. Well, even beyond that, it's just the
1: workload. Like, um, Yeah, totally, bro. When you do... So when you work at Cirque in Vegas, you do 10 shows a week Mm -hmm. minimum, sometimes up to 12. So you work five or six days a week. You have to rehearse depending on the week, not at all, or all of those days. So if I have a show at 7 and then another show at 9.30, I'm going to be at the theater at absolute best-case scenario call time until the end of the second show, and then I'm going to either take a shower or just take off my makeup. So my day will be... What that's like a six-hour day, yeah. Um, and the shows aren't easy. It's no, not like totally. you're doing crazy hard tricks necessarily. That's a big misconception. You're doing something that's controlled enough that you can do it that many times yeah. a week without dying or flying off the trampoline and hitting your castmate and injuring them, or basically they want something that's consistent, yeah, replicable every yeah, time. Exactly, yeah. something that's cool enough looking that the audience is going to be like, oh shit, we're at Cirque du Soleil, but not like, dude. I'm gonna huck a quintuple front. Yeah, it's yeah, gonna yeah. be sick. You're not gonna get a round of applause, yeah. applause for a failed triple. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big, big tip for anyone auditioning for Cirque: don't do that. Don't fall. Yeah. <laughs> don't fall is a big one. Um, but yeah, just the workload of not being able to go to the gym and of destroy course. myself all day. That was actually what prompted me to leave Love and go back to Chris Angel. Was knowing I was gonna do one show a night and I was gonna Less do an aerial. More. Yeah. Like, if all I have to do is an aerial. I can go do anything I want all day, show up at call time, do my show, do my aerial, bow and be like, I'm going to go home and train more. Bye. So that was a much more ideal lifestyle for what I like to do. Oh, totally. But I'm also a terrible, well, not a terrible performer, but I have no interest in performing compared to training. Yeah, yeah. Like I perform because it's in a fun job and it pays the bills and I enjoy the people, but I'd never ever have woken up and been like, oh, I can't wait to be on stage right now. Totally. Don't care. Just the quest for knowledge. Yep.
0: Wow. Exactly. And this is a, this is a random question, and, and, and I've never asked this before because it's probably not an answer that's on there mm. uh, for a lot of people, but how long do you plan on moving
1: for? Like, do you plan mm-hmm. on being as able as to move until I the can. day you
0: die? Okay, that was my question. Yeah.
1: Um, I think with some disciplines, there is more potential to keep going for longer. Agreed. So of tricking course. is, tricking and b-boying. Are the hardest things ever? Yes. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Unless yes. your show say apparently, was and you just fountains, yeah, God everything. <laughs> <Totally>. But um, <laughs> tricking and b-boying take more effort than anything else I can think of doing. Yeah, and they also have more wear and tear on my body than anything else I do. Totally, totally. Um, hand balancing is no impact. Nunchucks is no impact. Poi is no impact. Juggling is yeah, flexibility yeah. as well. Um, okay. Some aerial stuff. I'm not an aerialist by any means, but I do occasionally do aerial stuff. Some of it is very low impact. Some of it is more impact. I tend to do the lower impact version of that. Trampoline is fairly low impact. Um So as far as I'm concerned, as long as I can, Uh I want to try and segue more into dancing and things like that because I feel like that's less impact as well and still just fun and a cool skill. Dope. Um, But I'm sure... And like being in this last six months of not being able to do anything, I've definitely had a lot of introspection when it comes to like, what am I doing with my life? And how much longer can I do this? And is it worth it? And to me, it is worth it because it's just something I enjoy. Hell yeah! But I'm sure the day will eventually come where I just am like, you know, maybe I'm not going to do like a double flip <laughs> to my hands totally. ever totally, again. Because totally. there will always be... Someone out there who is younger, stronger, crazier, more yeah. resilient. Like, it. for me, it can't be a competition. It has to only be between me and me. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah.
0: That's crazy, man. But I... I I just had to ask that cause I just see you as someone's constantly just going to be training until you basically physically can't anymore.
1: Yeah. So that's the plan. That's, um, it's like I'm, my mom basically. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. Your mom, you she's doing mom. all the hip hop dance. Exactly. You know yeah. my mom. Yeah. I want to be like your my mom. My mom trained seven days a week. My mom's sick. Yeah. She
0: would train more if she didn't have church on Sunday. Yeah, there you go. That's crazy. So, yeah. uh, well dude, I think that's a perfect segue into this. One of these last questions I want to ask you, um, which is I asked all of our friends and some have answers, some don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, open-ended or closed
1: uh where do you see yourself in five years from now and where do you see yourself in 10 years from now hmm well as it stands right now i don't see myself performing um in a 10 show a week capacity of course of course yeah yeah. for much longer um purely because it doesn't interest me that much okay i enjoy i enjoy integration to an extent, meaning like I enjoy when I get to a new show and everything's brand new and shiny, and I'm like, "Oh, it's a cool set, Part it's a playground, process. yeah." Yeah, of course. Um, but then once it becomes routine, I start to lose interest. So I can see myself being an on-call performer for Cirque, okay. for however long. Filler, yeah. Um, and I can see myself doing seasonal shows. Like I did Trampol at Six Flags Magic Mountain totally. for a summer, and it was Couple super at fun. A time, yeah, dude, it's so much fun. Um, it lacks the prestige of being like, I'm in Cirque du Soleil, but I don't care about the prestige anymore. I've got all the notches on my Cirque bedpost, so to speak. I've mm-hmm. done multiple shows for them. I don't care anymore. I just want to do things I enjoy. Um, oh, yeah with this pandemic it's kind of thrown a monkey wrench into the other things I was thinking of doing which were to travel and teach workshops because there seem to be a lot of people out there who want to learn how to do handstands yes um want to learn a one-arm handstand want to get more flexible uh this whole movement culture thing on the internet seems to be (laughs) a great place for me to pray um for lack of a better description (laughs) but um And also, I was interested, I was actually going to ask you about this, maybe not during the podcast, about going to do stunts. I might be too old for it at this point. I don't even know. But I feel like the, and I'm sure I'm romanticizing a lot of it because I'm looking from the outside looking in, just like a lot of people romanticize working in Cirque or working as a performer. They're like, oh, they just play all day. Um, But it looks like it would keep you more engaged because it looks like you're always doing something new to an extent i know like i watch a lot of um the corridor crew guys and they do the yeah. stuntmen react with Ghee and so on and him talking about how a fight in winter soldier took like three weeks to shoot or something like that so obviously there is an element of ongoing doing the same thing rehearsing and but it's fresh it. every day though. But right. that's the impression that's, yeah. I got. Yeah.
0: The only thing I would say that'd be hard for you is mm-hmm. that like, as you know, when I would leave on these movies, you don't get to train cause you're stuck on set.
1: Yeah. 12 hours a day, but three to six months. Exactly. You have a union. Yeah. See for me, if my time is wasted, I don't get a cent for it. Yeah. I just sit there being bitter. Yeah. That's um, the, worst. the worst for me is like, if I get pulled into a rehearsal at 2 PM and I don't have a show until 6 PM. Yeah. Because totally. let's say it's July 4th and I'm there at two o'clock what am I going to do with myself for the next four hours Totally. before I have to even start my makeup before I go do a show yeah, yeah. before I do another show? Yeah. Like I could drive home, but then I would have enough time to comfortably chill for like 45 minutes before I'm like, Come all right, again. it's busy on this trip. The parking lot's going to be ridiculous. You know? Yeah. Uh, I would enjoy something that was a little more fresh. Um, and whenever I've done, The handful of stunt gigs i've done in the past it always felt that way it felt like you know you show up you do your thing you run through whatever needs to be run through before the actual takes you do it and then you're on set and cool yeah if you're in the tv world it's pretty simple like that you could
0: probably still bounce back and forth it's just if you're trying to do like long-term features you'll have to be gone or move and stuff yeah of course yeah i mean definitely hit me up i'll send you some info sweet thank you
1: yeah it was funny how like I was sort of entrenched in that group of people who then went on like you, totally. Jeremy, Mark Wagner, etc. Like yep. everyone's just like raking it in the stunt world, and I'm over here like, well, I'm in Cirque. <laughs> <laughs> you want to see my weird trick my legs go like this yeah. um, uh but dude but more than anything like you said i think
0: the most important thing that i've summated from this entire interview is that like you're doing things for yourself yeah. and to be happy personally and absolutely at the end of the day when you do that you can't live with any regrets because yeah. you're doing it for oh, you, for the right yeah. reason you know yeah. i would i would always regret if i hadn't gone and worked at Cirque du Soleil dude like, you know one of yeah. my biggest life regrets in the world is having never been on a Cirque du Soleil show well, that's why being that's why being a consultant is so cool to me yeah but i i've said that maybe 10 times on this podcast to people yeah. that my biggest regret is never being on a circ stage mm. even though obviously i'm caking I'm, we're doing really good in stunts but yeah but just still, something about that life thing that yeah. i really always wanted to do was hit a search stage oh.
1: well like as an acrobat um especially working as an acrobat yeah every single motherfucker out there is going to be like, Oh my God, you're an acrobat. Oh, are you in Cirque du Soleil? No. Oh wow. Oh, have you thought of auditioning? Oh, you did think of auditioning. Oh, you did audition. Oh, you didn't make it in. Oh, so you're not good enough. And it's just like, yeah, it's crazy. It's the equivalent of being like, Oh, you work with computers. Oh, are you in Google? Exactly. No? Yeah. Well, then you're a little bitch. Yeah. That's why now like, I'm like,
0: oh, I'm a consultant actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like, oh,
1: okay. Consulting yeah. for Cirque is actually something I would be very interested in. I feel it's like cool, the way my brain works, I like to see what people's strengths are, what people's like sort of, if someone had their ideal version of a show, what would they do with it? Yeah. And then see how that could be run into something that's a little more feasible. Because like when you join a show, the show track already exists. It okay. was made, or whoever creation. created it yeah,
0: during creation yeah
1: and i feel like a lot of people get kind of trapped in someone else's shoes that doesn't that don't fit them very well totally so for me all the tricks i'm good at are weird like and being required or at least generally pushed towards doing something that is more conventional it's neither satisfying nor safe necessarily for me feeling compared to like, if you put me on a trampoline right now and you say, Hey, do a front full full. I'll be like, okay, and yeah. I'll just go do it. Yeah, yeah. But if you put me on a floor and you're like, do a round off back handspring, back handspring, back layout, I'd be like, God damn it. Yeah. Totally. So <laughs> I would love to be able to work with new shows, whether it was with Cirque du Soleil, Dragon, any of the other companies out there and just kind of, help put things together that would be good for both the audience, the management, the artists, everyone involved. Dope. So that would be my 10-year answer. Okay. Well, dude, Five-year I'll, answer will be clinging my way towards that. I will keep my ears
0: open if anything Thank pops you. up, dude. That would be cool.
1: And more than anything,
0: dude, I'm just stoked to see where the journey continues to progress because obviously we're in the same age group and stuff yeah. like that. We're starting to get older and uh, it's yep. just cool to see certain ones of us like still moving and like you said, pushing the boundaries, not mm-hmm. just maintaining at this point.
1: So oh, I feel like I feel like people just kind of get caught in this rut of like, this is me, this is what I do, yeah. and therefore I can never poke my head over the trench and be like, oh wait, there's like this infinite landscape in any direction of other things you could be. Totally, totally. Like I always thought, and this might be a little off and philosophical, but I always thought it would be the greatest shame if you had a natural aptitude towards something and you never found that thing. Agreed. So, it's a like, waste. yeah imagine like you had this great sense of rhythm and you didn't know it and you never picked up a drumstick totally like imagine you were super dexterous and you had all this music in your mind but you never learned to play piano um i just like to try as many things as i can and see what kind of fits so That literally sums up you perfectly. That's like,
0: (laughs) that was such a good quote. That may be the intro to your episode. We'll see. That may be the intro, dude. Um, Well, dude, more than anything, man, I appreciate you taking the time to drive over here and sit with us. Cause like, like I said, more than anything, I haven't seen you in so many years, but uh, I'm glad that we could share your perspective with people because I feel like a lot of things that you do is super unique, including Mm. the way that you approach your body Mm. and uh, the goals that you have, you know, like I'm really, really stoked that uh, I've been a witness for part of your journey
1: and uh hopefully the better be, part hopefully be, that's what i'm gonna say yeah. yeah, i was there for like a good 10 years at yeah. least, you know so it only got good in the last yeah. 10 years the the first decade was just sort of the shit prelude of like yeah, learning the, how to do anything the warm-up yeah <laughs> and then watching like kids like corbin when he was eight just be like i'm better than you and be like okay now he's a tempest pro yes crazy man he gets purple shirts yeah well we're not getting any
0: younger but uh at the same time it's it's dope dude i, I i'm really stoked the place that the community is in
1: right now. And seeing uh, like Shosei and Zen and all these kids who neither know nor care that I exist, but dude, they're doing all these things that would have been not even a joke. Like I remember when Sesh appeared on the bylang forums and posted this long written out combo being like, can anyone give me tips for this impossible bullshit I just made up? And everyone was like, this is some impossible bullshit you just made up, whatever guy. And then he posts a video of himself doing it on grass and we're all like,
0: yep now shows he's doing oh. stuff we're not even thinking of. exactly creating moves that didn't exist before, he did right,
1: full yeah. swing quad cork today yeah. or yesterday yep, or did. whenever he did it before he posted it like yep and then zen the, the other hell? day
0: on his channel was trying to do cartwheel full where he mm-hmm. kicks with the left crescent four times four crescent kicks scott <laughs> Four Crescent, and he almost landed it. That's some tech and shit. Four <laughs> Crescent Cakes. <laughs> Jin Kazama it's wins. It's past the shurricane, you know? That's crazy. That's so, amazing. Yeah, we're living in a cool yep. time, man. But uh, more than anything, dude, I, uh, I think you left your mark, and you have a lot to be proud of. So oh, Thank you. Thanks for all I that you've done that. for the community. <laughs> uh, well, yo, uh, before we get out of here, can you look into the camera and just let people know how they can continue to stay up to date with your journey and all yeah. of your training till you can't train anymore?
1: I'm only relevant on Instagram, so you can follow me at Scott A. McDonald, uh, or you can try and search me on YouTube, and you can be one of, like, the 50 people who follow my YouTube. (laughs) Such carryover. (laughs) Yeah. um, But yeah, Scott McDonald is my YouTube, and Scott A. McDonald is my Instagram. Hell yeah. Yeah. We'll
0: put it on the screen as always. Thank you. Hell yeah. Well, guys, please be sure to hit that like button and comment subscribe for brand new episodes each and every week. Join us every Monday for brand new Jam Breakdowns and every Friday for brand new Jamcast interviewing influential members of the movement community like Mr. Scott McDonald himself. So, guys, with that being said, I got to give a very special shout out to our guest this week, Mr. Scott McDonald. Thanks for coming through. Thank you. Hell yeah, dude. And as always, guys, coming at you, coming through. I'm your host, Travis Wong. Thanks for joining us here on another Jamcast. Till next time, we'll see you all soon. Hey,